Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And it's lovely to see Olivia here today. She's one of, she's a third year student now, I think. She's been coming over the last two or three years, but she hasn't been here for a year. She's because of the COVID lockdowns and everything. So great to have you back, Olivia. Good, good. And um, this is the beginning of um, the academic year. The students have all come in. They've all been given programs and everything. And uh, they start off with um, fun times, orientation week, and, and so on and so on. But on their program, towards the end of the year, if you look very carefully, it's got this four-letter word, maybe five. Exams. <laughs> Some of the students will ignore that. And they'll just carry on with the orientation week kind of approach all the way through the year, just having fun, enjoying themselves. When they get to the exams, that's when our work begins as chaplains here. Because <laughs> they all come in asking for help, and they go to the counsellors and everything else. But some of them, like Olivia, they work all through the year, and they come to the exams, they're all prepared, and they're not afraid, and they're nervous maybe, <laughs> they're anxious, there's a bit of stress there, but they, they go through all right. That's a very good, very good illustration of life for us as Christians. Uh, we come into this world, and if you listen to our secular culture, uh, our secular culture says, just have fun. You're here to have whatever you can get out of this life, and then that's it. Whereas the Christian understanding is, there's actually an, an exam at the end. And that's what the gospel brought to us today. There's an exam. And it, it says there, it doesn't say, if the Son of God appears... It says, when the Son of God appears in glory as our judge. Not if, when. So we can party all through life if we like. It's our choice. God's given us that free choice. But there will be a judgment. And we will have to appear before our Lord and God and Savior Jesus Christ one day. So this should motivate how we actually choose to live our lives. And we will be assessed one day, just like Olivia will be at the end of this year. What's the criteria for our assessment? Well, Saint, uh, sorry, uh, Father um, Alexander Schmemann in his book, Great Lent, he says the criteria is love. We will be judged on how we loved. Did we love this person? Did we love that person when they were in need and so on? And uh, it starts with our families. Husbands, did you love your wives? It starts there. didn't come up in the, uh, the list today, but husbands, did you love your wives as Christ loved the church? Oh, that's a hard one, <laughs> being a husband. Um, and did we love those who were hungry? Did we love those who um, came to us for help? This is a challenge. It's all a bit scary, really, because I know I've failed 
many times to love. I still have some uh, very um, difficult memories where I refused to help somebody or, or whatever. And you think, well, how is God going to judge me on that? Because I can't go back and fix it. I've gone through now. And I might have told this story before, but not to everybody. So I'll t- tell you again. Um, I, I came from, from Adelaide to here. And I used to have to go to work in the city on the Glenelg tram. Has anybody here been on the Glenelg tram, the old rattler? Yes? Very good. And um, uh, one morning I'd read in my scriptures, in my reading, uh, in Hebrews 8, and it said, I will remember their sins no more. And I was thinking, that's interesting. I will remember their sins no more. And on the tram, I had this vision on this old rattler tram of me coming up to the judgment seat on that last day of the judgment. And I, my knees were knocking, my mouth was dry, I was shaking, and I came up, I could see people going up in front of me, some were going to the left, some were going to the right, I'm going, oh no, I know which way I'm going. And um, I got there, and they opened the book, and they said, what's your name? Jeffrey George Harvey. Ah, Trusting in the saving work of Christ that way. I kind of went, what? (laughs) And this is when I first understood, I think, the love of God and the forgiveness of God. Even though I'm a sinner, and I still am, and I'm going to pop out of the doors shortly and say, forgive me, my brothers and sisters, for I'm a sinner, because I am a sinner. I still am a sinner. I'm still working on it. But God chooses not to remember our sins if we come to him in faith and trust. And that's why we have this reminder every year. uh, This gospel is put before us of the judgment of Christ to remind us that there is an exam coming at the end of the year. Um, Olivia will be reminded all year by by the lecturers probably there's an exam coming. Keep focused. And we have to be reminded too to keep focused. And that's why this comes up every single year. Keep focused. There's an exam coming. Are we loving our neighbor? Are we loving God? But rather than get scared stiff, which I used to in my early Christian life, we need to remember the other side of the gospel too. Jesus said, I did not come to judge, but to save. He said that when he was on earth. So we need to remember that and to uh, hold that in our minds. Um, In Vespers last night, which we weren't able to have, uh, but it says in those prayers, um, it reminds us of both sides, the the, the judgment, but also the love. And it, it says this prayer, I have sinned, O Lord, I have sinned against you, but I know your love for mankind and your compassion. Oh, good shepherd. So we come to God. We know we've sinned. We acknowledge it. But we recognize that God is a good shepherd and someone who is loving. So how do we go? How do we cope with this? Uh, Somebody told me about a cartoon many years ago of two people going for a run. And one of them, one of them knew where they were going. And he said, if I was you, I'd wear these cages around your leg. 
and the other person said, oh, don't be ridiculous. What do I need to wear those? It's going to be a real, it's going to be difficult for me to run if I wear those cages around my leg. And he said, well, I'm just advising you, it's a good idea to do this. So anyway, he, he wouldn't put them on. But the other person who knew, he put these cages on his leg, and they off, off they went running. And um, the one with the cages on his legs, really, I mean, it's hard work. He had to concentrate very hard, make sure he didn't fall over with these things around his leg. And the other person's just laughing at him. Ah, why are you wearing those things? Why are you putting yourself to all that difficulty, all that trouble, you know? This is ridiculous. But then when they went past a wood, these wild dogs came running out. And they attacked them. And the guy, without the cages on his legs, got his legs bitten and torn and chewed off. The other guy just kept running. Now, sometimes uh, when we think about uh, the Orthodox way of life, we think, gosh, why do we have to have all these ascetic disciplines? Cafes is the word we use here. Confession, almsgiving, fasting, Eucharist, reading the scriptures, all undergirded with prayer. This is, these are our ascetic disciplines which we try to fulfill. Some people, they don't bother with any of this. They just run through life without any regard for these disciplines. But we Orthodox, there we are, struggling along with these cages around our legs, but we know what's coming. We know that there one day will be a judgment. And this is what helps us to prepare for that. So, particularly during this period of Great Lent, we're encouraged to uh, confess and come for our confession. In the Antiochian Church, you're encouraged, encouraged to confess every one of the, the, four, the four major fasts during the year, and this is one of them. And the Church is reminding us this is a time to do this because there is an exam coming and we need to prepare for it. The other thing we can do to prepare is to say prayers. And I just challenge you, if you've not done this before, um, the pre-communion prayers. I don't know how many of you are doing those before you come to communion. But I would encourage you to do it, to do them. Because in these prayers, it's very interesting. Um, the second prayer before Holy Communion, we pray this. Let these holy things be an acceptable defense at your dread judgment, not for punishment and condemnation. That's talking about communion, coming to communion. So I'd encourage you to come to communion right the way through Lent, every Sunday as well, and every Sunday during the year, actually, because this is part of the communion preparation prayer. Let these holy things be an acceptable defense at your dread judgment, not for punishment and condemnation. And then at the Thanksgiving prayers after communion, we find this. These prayers are from the um, Ancient Faith um, prayer book. If you haven't got a copy, I'd encourage you to get one from the bookshop. We've got some there. If they run out, I'm sure you can ask uh, Meredith and she'll give you, uh, she'll get some more in for you. Right. And this is, the this is the second Thanksgiving prayer. And at your dread second coming, make me a sinner worthy to stand at the right hand of your glory. So that's a prayer we pray. Uh, at Thanksgiving. Okay. So I encourage you to try and get to communion every week. I encourage you to say those prayers of preparation and Thanksgiving uh, because it reminds us of the exam that's coming at the end of our lives. So 
One thing I need to, there's a word of caution here. When I um, heard those words, uh, I will remember their, their sins no more. At that point, I was right with God. But it is possible that I, it's, the, the, there's, it's a chance that I might not be right with God now. I could have gone off the rails. Recently in America, there's been a very famous, uh, well-known, world-famous evangelist. I can't remember his name probably. Zacharias, Zacharias, I think, something like that. Sorry? Ravi Zacharias, who's had a worldwide ministry. He's written thousands of books. <clears throat> and he's died now. But they discovered that actually he, um, he, was, he owned massage parlors and he was not behaving at all. So you wonder how he's going to face the judgment. And that could be any of us. So even though God has forgiven us and we can come today rejoicing that we're forgiven, we must keep running with those cages on. Do you get my drift? Yeah, we can't sort of say, and I've met some people who said, oh yeah, I made a decision for Christ years ago. I'm saved. God loves me. That's it. That is not right. It's an ongoing run with cages around our legs, <laughs> okay? And I, I read this in my Psalms this week, which I thought it really jumped out at me. Uh, Psalm 10, verse 4. This year I'm reading the New, New English Translation and comparing it with the Orthodox Study Bible. Uh, and it, just, it just brings out things in a refreshing way. And it said this, because <clears throat> we might think, well, God's forgiven me, so that's okay, I can enjoy the rest of my life. Um, it says this, the wicked man is so arrogant... He always thinks, God won't hold me accountable. He doesn't care. So I don't know what uh, Zacharias, Ravi Zacharias was thinking as he was preaching the gospel and behaving badly. I don't know what he was thinking. Lord have mercy on him. But we, if we have that kind of attitude, that it's okay, God's forgiven me, God's loved me, it'll be all right, I don't have to do anything, I can just do whatever I want. It says here, that puts us in the category of the wicked. So we have to struggle. We have to keep going. And we have to keep loving God and our neighbor. I love the story of Elder Porphyrius when he got to his deathbed. And his disciples were all gathered around him. And they said to him, how are you going to deal with, what, how are you going to cope when you appear before the judgment seat of God? And he, he said something like, um, I'm going to say, Lord, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. But you're a God of love, and I trust in your love. But he tried, we know, Elder Paul, Paul sorry, Saint Porphyrius now, he struggled all through his life. He ran the whole life with those cages around his legs. And I'm sure that God, in his love, would receive him in. And that's what he wants to do for all of us. He wants to receive us in too. But we need to struggle. This is the orthodox way. May God help us to struggle through Lent. It is a struggle. It's not easy. But keep struggling. May God bless us all and help you all in your struggles. Amen. Now to God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit be ascribed all might, majesty, dominion and praise. Now for
Unconquerable.